Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y dot And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. This is Writers on Film, the only podcast dedicated to books on cinema. everybody and welcome to Writers on Film. My name is John Bleasdell. I'm a writer and film critic and today is a special episode. Uh, I have been to the Tromsø International Film Festival which is right above the Arctic Circle. I went into the snow and ice, braved minus 20 temperatures and saw the northern lights which uh, shimmered like a curtain of green magic above our heads and if you don't believe me I'll put a photograph on one of these tweets to promote the show so you can see it with your own eyes. It was amazing. I've, it's the third time I've been to Tromsø. Uh, it's a wonderful festival. Such a friendly bunch of people organize it. Hugely enthusiastic about film. The audiences pack the theatres, partly perhaps because of that minus 20 degrees temperature I was telling you about. But I think the reason they pack the theatres in all seriousness, is because there's such a genuine love of film in that area. I mean, you've got a whole bunch of 
cinemas there. They're all uh, all the screenings that I attended were packed, especially during the weekend. Things just sell out. On the way to the airport, on the way back from the airport, the taxi driver was telling me what films they were planning on going to see. And and as a, as I returned to the airport, quite sadly, to leave, the taxi driver was telling me that they'd seen a German film called The Teacher's Lounge, which they particularly liked. And I, that's a good place for me to start, actually. I wanted to uh, give some of the recommendations of the films which I which I saw at the festival. Um, the the teacher's lounge, which is Ilka uh, Katak's film, it's a it's a brilliant. This is a sort of thing that European cinema does very very well. It's a kind of workplace drama. Uh, it has hints of the class and um, playtime. There have been a, a, a it's not is it playtime playground? I think it was called. There have been a few of these films set around school and education. Young Ahmed was one by the dad but I didn't see that so I can't really comment and this this one follows a, a young teacher who is at the very beginning of the film seems very much in control of her class very much a person who is is very effective and a very popular teacher or so it would seem but there is a problem in the school with stealing and as she negotiates some of the problems she finds that the school isn't as perfect as she as she hoped and her own ability to deal with uh, some of the fault lines running through the school um is not as complete as she wished it were and it's a it's a, a stunning performance by the lead actress Leonie Benesh. It premiered at the Berlinale right at the beginning of the of last year 2023 and is Germany's nominee for the uh Best Foreign Picture Award at the Oscars. Um, so it's a film that's been around for a while, and it would be strange to say that it has been somewhat overlooked. It, it has, after all, been nominated for... Uh, for has been proposed as the Oscar. Has been shortlisted for the Oscar, I should say. But it does feel like it hasn't quite broken through into an international audience, and this is a film that really, I think, could could deserves to be seen by a lot a lot more people. It manages to do that very... Uh, interesting thing of creating a lot of tension without and, and a lot of drama without ever tipping over into melodrama uh, and sort of dissipating that tension in a way which which is is hysterical shall we say that was a really good a really good film that I saw at this festival Tromsa um, but what I'm going to be doing uh, uh, to today is I'm going to be talking to some of the people who organize the festival and they're going to be giving me their opinions on on the festival itself and some some ideas of the highlights of the festival and just giving giving you a picture of Troms uh, um, as uh, in general. Hello everybody, I'm at Tromsø uh, with John Christian Dalset and this is going to be the most northern, the northernmost episode of Writers on Film. Uh, John Christian, uh, thanks for agreeing to talk with me. Happy, happy to talk to you. So John, you're a programmer here at the Film Festival. How long, tell us a little bit about the Film Festival here at Tromsø. 
Well, uh, we're the biggest film festival in Norway uh, per admissions. We've been doing this for 34 years. It's our 31st edition. And we're the northernmost, as you mentioned. And um, yeah, we have a, a wide variety of programming of films from all over the world. And then we have a special focus on a sidebar called Films from the North, which focuses on uh, the Arctic regions of Norway, Sweden, uh, Finland, Canada, Russia, and um, Iceland as well. So um, yeah, it's um, a, a wide variety with, that also includes uh, shorts and documentaries. Excellent. And uh, I mentioned earlier that you're a programmer for the festival. So what is the sort of exciting films that you, you're looking forward to showing to audiences? Well, I think this year it's, um, it's quite eclectic mix, I think. And it's, we have a very, um, the, the programming committee is a, is a, um, it's a big staff, uh, not just at the festival, but we also have people that we know from around the world working with other film festivals and critics and stuff that give us tips and, and help us uh, program and consult on the program. So it's, it's, um, it's a, a variety of stuff. But I think this year, one of the, my personal favorites that I seem to be the only one talking about uh, is Hounds from Morocco, uh, which I saw in Cannes, which I think is just fantastic. It's a debut film by uh, Kamal Lassar, is his name, I think. And um, it follows this uh, father-son story in Casablanca, who are uh, through a, a night of difficulties and yeah but it's a terrific film that I'm uh, very excited that we're screening it this year brilliant excellent I haven't seen that I'll have to I'll have to yeah, watch out for you'll it. have to see that one yeah it's uh, it's a personal favorite of mine this year definitely excellent and um, you said uh, you're uh, the, there's this sidebar about northern uh, Arctic cinema what what is the cinema scene like I mean a lot of people won't necessarily have uh, seen these films or uh, what's that scene is it quite vibrant uh, I think so yeah and it's it's ever-growing uh, we're also um, uh, have um, always have a big focus on Sami films and uh, that's also something that is growing very much not only in Norway but also in Sweden and Finland and we have uh, great collaborations with all the film institutes of these various countries and um, uh, that all uh, contribute in uh, sending uh, us their best films of the year and all this stuff and and so the, the cinema scene I feel is is vibrant and also a part of what we're doing here as well where we're sitting now at Vattensalter you know we're also one of seven cinematheques in Norway so we also have these um, uh, obligations to screen films from the National Archives the National Library so we're trying to keep that bit of the film scene alive as well and um, uh, I feel like it's uh, it's pretty vibrant uh, all over I've been to uh, similar festivals in Sweden and we've been to Iceland uh, last year and uh, it seems to be doing well I think it's quite vibrant yeah yeah, it's a sort of a growing um, scene, if, if you like. Yeah, I think so. And it seems also that these like stories from the north or whatever you want to call it, these uh, focus areas that we have in particular, is also very visible in other major festivals. Like Toronto, for instance, is very much um, about uh, these stories from these like northern, more like um, um, distant or far places of the world if you want yeah yeah and you mentioned where we are where we're sitting right now so I want to describe this place a little bit because it's the oldest cinema in Norway yes it's the oldest still operating cinema in Norway it was built in 1915 so it's um, coming up on its 110th um, year and um, yeah it's been it was the um, the um, the city's main cinema for many many years and uh, when uh, they opened the um, um, multiplex 
which is also run by the by the city, the municipality. Uh, the, the film festival, the Tromsø National Film Festival, was asked to take over this, uh, running this cinema. Uh, now as a, as a Cinematheque. So in addition to screening our own films that we program, we're also the uh, venue for like the film societies, both for the, the, the regular film society and the children's film society. And we're a place where independent uh, filmmakers and distributors can come and screen their films. So uh, we're trying to offer something that you don't get in the, uh, in the regular cinemas. And also you said, you mentioned earlier that you have a silent film festival later in the year, is that right? Yes, uh, in April we have our silent film days, which has been going now for uh, 17 years, yeah, coming up on our 17th edition. So uh, this is a festival that takes place over four or five days, where we have um, silent films with live music in the theatre, and that's part of like um, taking or um, uh, keeping the heritage of the building alive. Obviously when the cinema was built in 1915, it was built as a silent cinema. Uh, so the acoustics in the theatre is very much set for this kind of um, uh, screenings. Uh, so we screen films uh, both digital but also from 16mm and 35mm uh, with live music. And then we it's not just um, classical piano music, but we have everything from like hard rock music to electronic music and everything. So it's, it's just trying to um, not reinvent, but uh, make these films um, 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 available for uh, new audiences, you know, who silent films is not something that's very available at the moment, at least not in cinemas. I went to a hard rock one uh, last year, I think. Yes, yeah. it's, uh, we, we try to, to uh, have a, uh, as many different genres uh, as we can, so we have, usually we have uh, always uh, quite hard one with it, if it's rock or doom even, <laughs> but then there's also some jazz and there's um, uh, we've even, or like some pop music as well, so it's it's very interesting to challenge. Often we use musicians who have never uh, composed film for silent film before, so that's also part of what we're trying to encourage the music uh, scene in Tromsø, which is also very vibrant, to um, recognize this as a, as a way to, um, to compose new music. Excellent. Thanks so much, John Christian, for talking to me. My pleasure. One of the most interesting parts of visiting the Tromsø Film Festival is seeing the work of the Sami Film Institute. The Sami people are a uh, indigenous population. Uh, they're a transnational people who stretch through parts of uh, Finland, uh, Norway, and Russia. Um, and I was my absolute pleasure to speak to Anna Lyle uh, of the institute and. Um, she will explain the Sami culture and her role much better than I can do. So without further introduction, um, I'll hand it over to uh, that interview. No worries. I'm really bad with names, so <laughs> well, I will be offended. <laughs> I've been going around Italy for the last 25 years being called Jon by so many people. It's like, John isn't that obscure an English name, but it's like, no, it's Jon. <laughs> 
polite. That's the most polite thing they call it. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even going to translate the other stuff they say. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm very happy to be here in Tromsø with the head of the Sami Film Institute. I'd like you to introduce yourself, please, Anlil. Yeah. So my name is uh, Annelaila Utsi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Say that one more time. Annelaila uh, Utsi. Excellent, excellent. So that um, my, I, I was saying just before we started recording that my pronunciation wouldn't be up to it, and I didn't even get the first name right. So, <laughs> so um, could you tell me your involvement in the Tromsø International Film Festival? Well, Tromsø International Film Festival, uh, obviously, is one of the most important festivals for us here up north. And it's a big international festival, and we've been collaborating with uh, TIFF for many years, and now we are also like official partners. So we are, of course, uh, pushing Sami films and talking about the importance of uh, the indigenous uh, perspective and also the Sami perspective, both in the screening and the panels and talks and so 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 it's um it's a very important uh, festival for us obviously and so for some of our listeners they will have a hazy idea of who the sami are and their relationships their relationship to norway so um could you just sort of clarify for us that uh, relationship well, the Sami people, we are the indigenous peoples uh, of the Nordic countries, so Norway, Finland, uh, Sweden, and also Russia. So uh, we are living in a, like we say, uh, in a borderless Sami, that's the area, our homeland. So it's we don't see these uh, national borders as, as others do. Yeah, so it's a bit like a, a nation, a people, rather than a, a country as such. Yes, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, and in your institute, you are uh, promoting culture and you're promoting cinema specifically. Yes, so um, to uh, make a lot, try to make a long story short, uh, we we started in 2009. Uh, some filmmakers, well, we had gone to film school, and we tried to fund our Sami films through the national film institutes in the Nordic countries, which was impossible at that time. So eventually, after many years, we had a festival. Um, we established the International Sami Film Institute. Uh, because we thought that, okay, if nobody else wants to fund us, we will do it ourselves. So that was like the beginning of the, uh, our institute. And since that, we have been working really hard to, you know, get more funding um, and to support a new generation of Sami filmmakers, and which we now really are seeing rising up to you know the um both the international film scene but also like here at tiff it's a record record number of sami uh, feature film uh, feature length um sami films uh, premiering at the festival now and so we've got several and also i i was at the festival last year and i had the uh pleasure of watching some pitches which now are actually premiering in well not premiering because i think toronto was the first yes uh so that film is called well uh it's called uh, tundra within me Elugerdu, mm. by director sara magretta oskal uh, which is one of the films that uh, also premiered internationally at the toronto international film festival alongside uh, Suvi West's documentary, Homecoming, and also Katja Gaurilov's Yevida, which is um, 
sculpt Sami uh, stories on from the Finnish side of our. Mm. And the um, concerns and the sort of stories that are being portrayed are very diverse in, in the Sami community. You have a love story here and in documentaries you have other sort of issues being addressed. I remember last year there was a, a, a political story was, was being, uh, it wasn't a documentary but documented if, if you like. Yeah, so if you look at the Sami film history, it's quite short and it started with Nilskope's uh, Pathfinder in 1987, which was uh, like an ancient story, Sami story, and it was nominated for an Academy Award at that time. And then since that, we've had a few uh, Sami feature films along the way up until today, which all in some way have been you know, looking back in time, historical in some way, because we have a long story of uh, colonialization and assimilation and many, many stories to tell in that regard. But what we are seeing now with the new generation is that our stories um, are like catching up to, uh, to our, our time, our present time, which is really exciting. And then we see the diversity of stories. So we have a love story where it's not so much, anyway, even though it's still, you know, from a reindeer herding community, uh, but still the focus is on, uh, you know, human story. It's about love and, and pain and, you know, where we can be humans also, not just... Uh, fighting uh, for our uh, you know rights and uh, and also there is a youth uh, feature film coming later this year Egil Pedersen uh, there is a drama series going into production with NRK the national broadcaster um, here in Norway which is uh, called the wedding party a countdown to disaster which is like a dark comedy and I and saw the pitch for that last year yeah, you did and it will, I am so much looking forward to that I think it will be um, really really great so so it's uh, it's really great to see this um, the richness in our story so it's not just one single story about the Sami about not only about reindeer herding, even though it's such an uh, essential part of our culture, but, you know, we are also humans and, and to get those close uh, human um, emotional stories is also really, really beautiful. And are you looking, I mean, it must be um, a, a balancing act to, to, to want to represent your communities in, uh, in their local you know, integrity, but also to speak in a certain way which is is going to break out into an international audience. Uh, do you find that balancing out difficult or are you hopeful that that's something that, that you're going to have in your future going forward? Well, I actually think that, at least as we experience or I experience, that um, especially maybe internationally now there is a, um, some kind of uh, thirst for different kind of stories mm. there's so much focus about diversity inclusion representation other the other voices the other stories and um, so in that sense it's um, I think every story has to come from a authentic place from authentic heart um, and that's how you can reach anybody's hearts no matter where as long as it's you know mm. about human beings and mm. and um, so I'm not so worried about that and I see that for example our filmmakers are really brave also even though the Sami culture it's a small 
Um, we are a small people, maybe 100,000 altogether. So it's a small community uh, where, you know, tight family connections. Uh, but our, I see our filmmakers as, as very brave mm. in their storytelling, like, um, like this drama series I mentioned, which is like a dark comedy balancing, like on the edge of what would be acceptable. And so, and also like Tundra Within Me, um, for example, the main character, the male, um, the reindeer herder guy, he's, he is a, he's not an, a professional actor. Mm. He's a reindeer herder and he hasn't been acting before. And, you know, this is a very intimate uh, love story. And he's a married man, but still he uh, he had the courage to to take on that uh, uh, role. And he, I was just talking to him this morning, and he said he really had to discuss this with his wife. Is this um, is it okay? <laughs> you know, doing this, and <laughs> you should read the script. And uh, and the wife said, No, don't worry, just do it. <laughs> and uh, you know, <laughs> so people are also really brave, and and I'm very proud and so happy about that. Watching the film at the press screening, I was also thinking about some real practical difficulties the Sami have in filmmaking. You're at extremely low temperatures. The light, which is hugely important for any filmmaker, is, uh, is you know, very precious, and it's, it's, you're not getting much of it in the winter, obviously, almost none of it in the winter. Mm. Uh, how do you um, manage to get over those difficulties? Well, I'm really happy. I, I can sit in my warm office at the Sami Film Institute, <laughs> and the filmmakers <laughs> are out there <laughs> freezing. I don't have to go there. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's really a, it's a skill. Mm. Uh, it's... Um, it's about uh, knowing how to dress and how to, you know, you can be miles away from the from the center and you don't have any electricity and you have to know how to dress and, you know, no electricity. And so it's really um, expertise. Mm. And uh, I don't think anybody can just come and do that easily. So it's, that's... Uh, um, the positive side of having, you know, local Sami people who know the environment and can know how to survive no matter temperatures or weather or... Mm. Everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's wonderful. And um, finally, I wanted to ask uh, for our listeners if you would um, suggest or recommend a, 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 a cinematic work for them to sort of be introduced to Sami cinema what would you where would you where would you start well I think I would start where we all started mm. which is Pathfinder even mm. though it's a but it's a classic uh, movie uh, and it stands the it stands in time uh, even today because it's an ancient story and it's beautifully made and so that could be a good introduction. And then, of course, look, you know, watching some of our new films, like, for example, Tundra Within Me mm. or, or Yevida or any of the films coming out now this year uh, from our incredible filmmakers. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> oh. How was that? So nice. I'd like 
to highlight as well a couple of Norwegian films or uh, films from the north which were highlighted in the festival. Uh, the first one is The Gullspang Miracle, which is a film directed by Maria Friedrichsen. And it is a documentary which is truly surprising. It's one of those stories of a family that has in some ways been lost, separated and then put together again by history and chance and various developing developments which i don't really want to go into because the surprise and the revelations which which happened during the film are so delightful and so crazy and shocking and and they it just is is a, a film that's well worth discovering so if you have it on your radar if it comes through a streaming or appears in a theater near you if a distributor picks it up then the gullspang miracle is well worth watching it's certainly a film that I think will break through and appear on the international stage. It's just got a, such a wonderful cast of eccentric characters. It reminded me a little bit of an American movie. If you know that film, it's really the, the all you need to do when you find certain characters is they, they seem to have been waiting for a documentary to turn up and be made about them. And yet at the same time, they're almost the opposite of cinema. It's an amazing, amazing film, well worth watching if you have the opportunity another documentary which is coming out of norway is a film called ibelin this movie was a an incredibly moving portrait of a young man who has multiple disabilities and a fatal disease which causes his muscles to waste and sees him confined to a wheelchair able to communicate in a in a limited way able to to participate in life in in a relatively limited way and also with the knowledge that his life is going to be a short and painful one upon his death his parents discover that he actually does have a community of friends which he has gained via an online character called ibelin and the community that he finds in the game the world of warcraft and that is a film which really tells you something about a, a little bit different about the the use of technology you know we're so used to seeing these films in which technology is a form of alienation uh, it's interesting to see a film in which technology does the opposite actually brings people together and makes people and, and makes people's lives better ultimately Evelyn was directed by benjamin Ree. And finally, the the film that um, I wanted to highlight as as coming from a, a Norwegian, uh, another film of a totally different nature, coming from a Norwegian director, uh, Christopher Borgli's Dream Scenario. Now, um, if you know Christopher Borgli at all, you'll know him from the film Sick of Me, which showed, I think it was at Cannes about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. This film was noticed by uh, many studios. I think A24 came up to him and gave him an offer, a blank check more or less. What, what do you want to do? We want to work with you. And he had this script already in the bag, already written, and he said, this is what I wanted do and this is a fantastic film it it boasts a performance from Nicolas Cage which will make you repent the fact that he's decided to retire because it just shows the true breadth this film actor has managed to achieve throughout his his very long career 
and it is such it's so interesting it has a sort of charlie kaufman spike jones michelle gondry-esque high concept a man who starts to appear in other people's dreams and what happens to him and talks about the nature of reality and fantasy but it manages to do things which are totally unexpected with that concept and go in directions which are both satirical and humorous. Both satirical and humorous? Can, are those two things that different? I don't know. What am I talking about? Maybe. What I mean is, I guess... Um, and in fact, actually, there is a little bit of satire in there, which is probably the weakest part of the film. I prefer it as a more sort of philosophical, you know, like Tarkovsky talking about the room in Stalker. You know, it's you, you get you, what you wished for, but you don't know what you really wish for until you get it. And then you don't know if you'll, they'll make you happy. So um, even the discovery of what it is you want to wish for might itself be a, a disaster, a catastrophe for your life. But regardless of that, this is a film that is... Uh, coming out and is uh, just well worth watching. It's a real intelligent, clever piece of cinema. Uh, it looks great and it's got a wonderful performance. So, uh, at its heart, so um, it comes highly recommended. Um, my name is Lisa Huan and I am the festival director of Tromsø International Film Festival, but I'm also the program director. So you have two major roles yeah. in the festival. Yeah. Um, and how is it this year? What, what, what uh, sort of, what is happening this year which is particularly new in Tromsø? Um, I think uh, we, what's particularly new in Tromsø? Actually, to be honest, this is a festival where we are doing exactly what we're good at doing and that is presenting films. Uh, and we don't have, sometimes we have a lot of extra venues, like mm -hmm. uh, like more like event screenings and things like that. And we haven't, we have some of that, but in venues we used already. Uh, so we haven't really, like for example, new venues. Um, what is new is uh, we have new stuff in the industry pro program, like a collaboration with NRK. Uh, we have uh, Sami Films Rising, a follow up from last year because What's really special, I think, in general, is that the Sami uh, film industry is really rising <laughs> <laughs> and developing. And um, uh, there are so many good Sami directors now. And we also have a collaboration with the International Sami Film Institute. And they have done a great job for many years now. We has, they have spent a lot of time building this up. Uh, so maybe that's actually what's new, that we have the Norwegian premiere on three Sami feature-length films. Uh, I mean, it doesn't exist that many Sami films at all. Um, I think it's like six feature films, fiction, with Sami directors. So this is, in a way, number seven and eight. And uh, we also have uh, the, the Finnish Sami documentary, Homecoming. Uh, and all these films were actually also presented in Toronto. Right, so the the Sami are sort of breaking out into an international audience as well. I mean, yeah, they're international yeah. per se. Yeah, but... definitely. So, so this is this is very good. We're really happy about that. You mentioned uh, that you, you you said your your role is also chief programmer. Um, you're sort of coming at the end of the sort of festival season mm. just before Ber the Berlin Alley. So you get a prime position to pick the best of the festivals that, that have been out. Um, what is, what are sort of particular favorites have you had that you, you've managed to land? Uh, 
Uh, this year, we one of my favorites is Four, Do uh, Four Daughters. Right. Yeah, La Permanent Can. I really love this film. Uh, another favorite, also from Cannes, is about dry grasses, Turkish film, uh, which I think is really like a masterpiece and that really is a film. It's a little bit challenging film, and you have to like. This is Nuri Bilgesland's yeah, film. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's really a film that make you think afterwards. And uh, and um, another film I really like is All of Us Strangers, the British film. I just saw that this yeah, morning, yeah. Andrew Haig film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's a, a beautiful, mysterious film. <laughs> I've just been arguing on Twitter with Guy Lodge from Variety about when exactly the power of love was Christmas number one wow. because of the age of the character. Yes, and, uh, yes. I think it was 1984 and Guy is saying 1987, so... Um, oh, okay, yeah. Mm. Uh, because I really remember that song also from, you know, my youth, uh, but I, I, I don't remember the exact year. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was played at the, you know, the first, like, dance parties we had when I was growing up. <laughs> absolutely. It's a, such, so much a film about how the 80s are different to the present day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when you're looking at, at the festivals, I mean, I noticed that when I say sort of best of the festivals, it isn't really like that because I think you, you do try to find maybe films that haven't necessarily, you know, you're not just taking the, the most popular films. You're also trying to find some stuff that maybe hasn't had as good an airing mm -hmm. as it should, as it deserves, right? Yeah, that's what we're trying. I mean, we try to find, we know that our audience, they like to be challenged. So we know that... We can select films that, uh, yeah, have used time a lot. That are slow cinema. Uh, they are ready for almost everything. Our audience, which so we're so lucky. And this is, you know, an audience that has been we have, you know, spent thirty five years building it up. Uh, and I think maybe that's the best with our festival is the audience and that they are so open. I mean, during the TIFF week, they are ready for everything actually. And. Uh, for example, one uh, interesting, weird, strange film we have on the pro program is uh, *Delinquents*, the Argentinian film, which is excellent movie. Yeah, more than three hours long, and when I watched it, the first thing I thought was, I have to watch it again to see, you know, what actually happened and who were who, and <laughs> yeah. So it has a lot of. Um, interesting small little details it's a, it's a slow burn bank yeah. heist yeah. that, that goes, yeah, goes for, for three years yes, more or less yes and, and they also say something about like what is important is it time or is it money or how you spend i don't know your time in a way what's important yeah life. it becomes sort of philosophical yeah, really yeah yeah yeah, no, wonderful film, wonderful film. And um, you've got a special guest this year coming for the masterclass, Ethan Cohen. Uh, I mean, that's quite a coup to pull off. Yeah, it's, we've been working with that uh, for several years now. And um, it's uh, our friend and colleague, Kalim Aftab, who, who knows him. Uh, friend of the podcast. He's yes. been on the podcast a couple of times. Yes. Uh, and Kalim is, we are working a lot with Kalim, he's a little bit also a mentor for me actually, personally, uh, as you know, a uh, festival director and um, uh, Kalim knows Ethan and Trisha from way back and he, so is, this is a long story, but he, the thing is Kalim was posting photos from Tromsø uh, in his Instagram and Trisha Cook, who's married to 
is in Cohen, she wrote, oh, where is this? I would love to go there. And after that, yeah, we have been inviting the, them. The hook was in and yeah. it was just reeling them in. Yeah. yeah. And there's been, you've shown a series of their films in, I think, 35mm uh, was the um, Hutsuka Proxy, I think, and a, a series of their films in great prints. Uh, I mean, it's so good to see those films in retrospect as well. Yeah, it is. I, I, I rewatched a lot of them now lately and I just realized, for example, March in uh, Fargo. I mean, she's one of the best film characters ever. I mean, she's so cool. Uh, and, you know, they made this, this film a long time ago and I was like, oh, it's quite feminist, actually. I mean, this character. Uh, a pregnant, you know, detective. Absolutely. <laughs> just, she's like not afraid of anything. She's just solving the problems. Absolutely. I see, there's a Martin Amis book called The War Against Cliché, and it always seems like their films are the wars against cliché because they're, yeah. they're any, any type of film they address, they seem to knock down those clichés yeah. and give you something totally new. Yeah. And as you say, like a high point of many people's careers, acting careers, happen in those Coen Brothers films. Definitely. And also, I think, in Big Lebowski, this, the dude, I mean, this character, I, when I watched it again now, I was like, it's, you know, the way he dresses and the way he sits in the car and it's like, I don't know, it's, and the way everything just happens to him, like, like <laughs> coincidentally, he's like not really doing anything. Yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> it is, absolutely. And so finally, what are you um, looking forward to in the like, sort of last, where we're talking now, about halfway through the festival. So um, you're looking forward, I imagine, to the big party at the end. We love the big party we have at the end. We try, our goal is to have the best party in Tromsø every year. So that's what we're try, trying to achieve. We have like a lot of different bands. We even are going to have a silent film concert with the Danish classic The Abyss uh, with Charlotte Bendixson. She's an electronic musician. She has composed uh, for this film and um, you can actually watch the film and dance at the same time in the party uh, and I'm of course looking to forward to the masterclass with Ethan Cohen and Tricia Cook uh, and what else yeah I look forward really to the, the, the to the premiere of Ibelin uh, the Norwegian mm. film by Benjamin Re who also uh, made the artist and the thief and um, he stuck this documentary is really a mind-blowing story about uh, what can I say the positive uh, things that technology <laughs> and the digital world can give to a human being's life uh, because it's about a multi-disabled person who his parents parents they think that he's not doing anything that and that he doesn't have any friends and through the game World of Warcraft he has experienced so many things in his life. Uh, so this is really a fascinating story. That's wonderful. I'm going to go and see that tomorrow at the press screening. So I'm really looking forward to that. Well, thank you, Lisa, so much for uh, talking to us and uh, good luck with the rest of the festival. Thank you. Excellent. So that, <laughs> see, it's easy. And so as you heard, Ethan Cohen was in Tromsø as well. And I wanted to ask him about something which could possibly relate to writers on film, so I would be able to include a snippet of it here. And so I talked to him about his short story collection, Gates of Eden, which goes all the way back 
uh, I don't know, mid-90s, I think, more than 25 years old, certainly. Um, uh, and I've included that excerpt here. Uh, the rest of the interview will be available via The Times in the coming weeks. So if you enjoy that, keep an eye out for my full interview. Way back when, uh, I was in Cumbria and I uh, read your short story collection, The Gates of Eden. Uh, and I was thinking this is going to be great because we're going to have someone who's making movies and we're going to have a, a lot, you know, literary output as well. But you, after that, it was like a collection of poetry, you, did you? Yeah, uh, yeah. I want more. <laughs> <laughs> so nice of you to say. And your point is, uh, what's the, why am I slacking off? Exactly. <laughs> you said you're retiring. Well, okay, I want something. I want the great American novel. <laughs> yeah, I, that's true. I haven't written, I've written a couple of stories since that collection but that collection was like i don't know 20 years ago yeah more yeah i don't know i'm sorry <laughs> but nice of you to, to inquire where they've gone don't you ever don't you have a whole collection at home that's what i was sort of hinting no. maybe no no i kind of dropped that and then you know what it almost synchronizes with i started writing plays. I've written a few plays, so maybe that's where that went. I right. don't know. Conservation of something. Um, yeah. <laughs> 